G'day and welcome. My name's Scott Gibbons and this show is On The Road. What's On The Road? Well, we take you around Australia and you'll see the latest things through the eyes of the radio. You can just sit back, smell the campfire and you'll learn all about the latest in caravans and motorhomes and tents and and travelling. It's going to be so much fun. So even with all this COVID going on, you can still travel with us, which is fabulous. And then you'll get to enjoy some, oh, magic Aussie music because all the music we play is Aussie and if you want to listen to the show again or you want to pass it on to somebody else then you can go on to our website which is ontheroadmedia.com.au and on there you'll find oh podcast after podcast of all the shows there's over 50 shows on there you can go on to Spotify listen to it again on Spotify if you wish that's called On The Road and you can go on to our Facebook which is On The Road Australia so if you want to you can track us down where Ever you go. So where do you listen to the show? Well, you can find us on the vast satellite network. That's nationally, all the way around Australia or on the station that you're listening to now or indeed, again, on the podcast. So just go onto the website, ontheroadmedia.com.au. So if you're ready to go travelling, I'm ready to go travelling. Hey, we're on the road together. You ready to be on the road? We're on the road. G'day, it's Scott Gibbons. We are on the road. This is the On The Road Show. You know that. I know that. The world knows it because we're getting so much good feedback. Now, importantly, when you're talking about good feedback, I'm with Peter. And you don't know Peter yet, but by golly, you're going to know him. His name's Peter Fenwick. He's with Camper Act. So if ever you've thought of buying a camper, Peter has this whole range of new campers right here in Norellan in New South Wales. So it's such a beautiful showroom. And he comes out and his whole staff, his whole staff are involved in camping, all of them. So they all know what you need. When you tell them the needs that you have, they've got something here for you. Peter, tell us about some of the range you've got. Oh, Scott, thanks for that. Look, we've got Australian manufacturers starting uh, with little Stockman pod trailers that'll go behind even a Mazda CX-5. We've got all the way up to the big track trailer T4 off-road luxury caravan at $122,000, seriously off-road. You want to go out back touring in complete luxury and style with panoramic windows, this is the go. Or you could go the BRS off-road pursuit, similar thing, air conditioned, power everything, completely self-contained, keep you going, just like the T4 from track. Or we can step down into a BRS Sherpa, which is it's a it's oh, it's got it's it's got steroids, I reckon. Yeah, well, that's <laughs> that's the word I'm trying to get out, Scott. It is Kemper Trail of the Year 2019, first year entered, took out the category off-road. It's brilliant. Um, it's a teardrop camper on steroids. Yeah. It comes with diesel, hot water, heating, rooftop tent if you want it or not. You've got serious vehicle components or cruise master suspension. You've got TVs, radios, two fridges, swing around <laughs> morning, rooftop tent to throw the outlaws or the kids up there and set up in three minutes. Um, or the track T-van. Again, want to do the canning stock route, want to cross the Simpson Desert, the Sherpa and the track T-van will both do the job for you. Um, then if you don't want to tow, you have the choice of a tray on slide on or a Backstrax rooftop tent. We can do both of those for you. And if you do have a boat and you want to tow it, well, if you use a tray back, put the slide on on the back. The tray on will be there, give you all the comfort. You can have diesel, hot water and heating, a shower, a port loo the whole thing. You can still tow the boat or the horse float. Come and see us <laughs> if you're a horsey person because we've got the slide on camper for you if you've got a ute. 
So there you go. If, if you're interested in camping at all, then you've got to go to Camper Act. Camperact.com.au. That's Camperact, C-A-M-P-E-R-A-C-T. .com.au. And when I say ACT, they're in Norellan in New South Wales. They're also in the ACT. So, Peter, I reckon you deserve a song. What would you like? Oh, how about some James Rain Way Out West or something like that? <laughs> James Rain Way Out West. We can do that. Here it comes right now for you, Peter. Peter, thank you so much for your time. Hey, you are on the road. We are on the road. Got a job with a company you're drilling for Just to make some change Living and working on the land I quit my job and I left my wife Headed out west for a brand new life Just to get away Living and working on the land
Uh, yeah, Way Out West with James Rain. Now, speaking of Way Out West, recently, as you know, I went out to Narrabri and I caught up with Sandy. And here's an interview with Sandy. I think you're going to learn so much about Narrabri, you'll enjoy this. Hey, it's Scott Gibbons. We are on the road. And I'll tell you where I'm on the road now. I'm in Narrabri. And I'm telling you, Narrabri is just outstanding. And I'm with Sandy O'Rourke. And Sandy O'Rourke, tell everyone what your role is at the, at the tourism office. So I'm the Visitor Information Coordinator here at the Narrabri Region Visitor Information Centre and um, I like to say that I like to tell people where to go in a nice way every day. <laughs> of all the fun things that, and um, uh, lots of things that there is here to see in the Narrabri Shire. Now this Tourist Information Office is I reckon about the best I've ever seen and I'll tell you why. Not only is it large, not only is it modern, not only is it beautifully staffed, but inside, you can describe this, Sandy, because I can see it, but you know what it is. Okay, so we have a real-life cotton picker inside the, the centre here. Um, it even demonstrates how that picker would um, drive through the cotton fields um, and how the spindles on that uh, machine works. This, the machine that we have here is about half a million dollars worth of machinery. These days, though, it would set you back about a million dollars for the new round bale technology, but we are fortunate enough to have the old model Case IH cotton picker, the old conventional model here in our centre, where our visitors can go up into that driver's seat and see what it's like to drive one of those. Yeah, now it's got to be one, two, three, four, about five, five and a half metres high. Oh, yes, definitely we do. Um, for us to clean that, we do need a ladder. Yeah. <laughs> it is immense. So and you can come in and have a look at it, have a sit on it. It's just phenomenal. Now then, when you come into Narrabri, not only has it got all the facilities, because you've got every big town facility, but you've also got sites that people can't see anywhere else. So if they were coming in, what would you suggest people go and see? So what I'd be suggesting that they see is, um, first off, uh, you won't be able to miss it as you're driving into town, which is the Nandiwar Ranges, which houses a Mount Kapitar National Park. And the Mount Kapitar National Park um, was once an active volcano 17 to 21 million years ago. And um, at the top of the uh, summit at Mount Kapitar, you are getting up to... Um, to a peak of 1,512 metres at the top of Mount Capitar. We've got a beautiful lookout up there, um, which you can see 360 degree views and 10% of New South Wales on a nice clear day from the summit at Mount Capitar. We've got a number of walks up there, depending on whether um, what your hiking abilities are, whether you prefer just a little 1.4 kilometre uh, easy loop to uh, four kilometre hard ridge uh, hard walks to medium grade walks to we've even got a 19 kilometre uh, hard walk there for those avid bushwalkers that want to go down to the Karawonga Falls um, and the Bark Hut area to be able to explore some of that region. Now that um, if we go to the northern uh, northern side of the park um, unfortunately it's in the opposite direction um, we could head off to Sawn Rocks. Now Sawn Rocks is one of the best examples of pipe organing in Australia. The way that um, the lava had cooled many, many years ago um, created that pipe organing effect and it's only a quick 750 metre walk into that rock, practically wheelchair access to yeah. get down there and it's absolutely magnificent. I know, because I went there now. Tell everybody how old they are. Uh, it's seven, it, it was formed. Yeah, well, it was formed um, uh, 17 to 21 million years ago when that was the active volcano. Whoa. 
Also up at Mount Capitar, I did forget to mention, we do have the iconic giant pink slug. Now that's only native to the Mount Capitar National Park. It does can grow to um, a good um, eight inches is the gigantic fluorescent pink slug. Um, and they only come out after rain. So it's um, wonderful to get up there to the National Park after some rain to be able to see if you can spot one of those gigantic fluorescent pink slugs um, because uh, you know, it's quite exciting for our region. They were actually marooned up there many, many years ago um, when uh, the Mount Capitar National Park was an active volcano. After the, it was an active volcano, it became more like a wetland area um, and um, helped help them survive there. And the only place you can find them in, in Australia, we also have the hairy snail and the carnivorous <laughs> snail as well that inhabit those areas. So we don't have the drop bears, but we, we definitely have a carnivorous <laughs> snail. And you do have the telescopes. Tell people about the telescopes because they're amazing. They are amazing. So they do line up with the other telescopes um, that we have at parks and uh, at the Warren Bungles National Park, but um, we have the Australia telescopes. They are radio telescopes in Narrabri and it has a self-guided visitor information centre and um, six 22 metre dishes on a giant railway track there where you can go out there and be able to see those dishes and, and learn about some of the astronomy discoveries that we've had here in Australia. And they're so effective you've got to turn your mobile phone off and turn your UHF off? That's right, we um, have lots of scientists out there working yeah. um, on those discoveries at, at all times of the day. Uh, we've also got just down the road from the telescopes, we have Yarry Lake, um, which is just, just a basin of water which is thought to have been um, created by a meteorite many, many years ago. Whoa! So hive of activity for, for campers um, and just, you know, we've got over 70 species of bird life out there if anyone wants to go out there and have a look at the bird life out at Yarry Lake. And count. But Yarry Lake's beautiful. It's an easy, easy drive, but by golly, it's beautiful and there's lots of caravans out there. Certainly lots of caravans. It's looking much better now. We've, um, after the drought that we've just suffer, suffered, we've, um, it has been dry for the last few years, but um, certainly has some water in it now. And there are um, some funding that's on its way at the moment that we will be able to ensure that that's going to have water in it all year round. And accommodation in town, what have you got? Oh, plenty of accommodations from caravan parks to the showground to um, a number of motels and as well as hotels as well. We've got some gorgeous um, styles of accommodation here in Narrabri. Um, we also have um, some farm stays that you can look at staying at as well if you want to bring the kids out and let them, you know, see a horse running around in the paddock and some animals. So um, plenty of accommodation and eateries for people if they want to come and join us in town. So it's not a one-night stop, is it? Narrabri is not a one-night stop. How long would you suggest people need? Oh, look, I would suggest that people come for three to four days yeah, if they want to go to. down, you know, and experience in the Pilliga Forest as well. We've got that area there where people could take in the sandstone caves, the Pilliga pot tree, the sculptures in the scrub, or even heading just um, up to the salt caves as well. Um, a magnificent area. If people want to head out to Pilliga in the, to um, experience the boar bars, we've got the wonderful artesian boar bars with um, 37 degrees Celsius. It's uh, you can you know you can go and hop in the boar bath at any time of the day. It's open 24 hours. Um, people like to camp out there, but um, also back in the the Pilliga forest too. There's also the infamous Yowie that's out there as well. So um, you know, um, if anyone wants to take a photo of that and bring that in to me, I'd. Be happy to have that. <laughs> Aren't you fabulous? Thank you, Sandy. Sandy, you deserve a song. You deserve a song. So, what would you like? Um, I think my song would be um, 
Tucker's Daughter um, by Ian Moss. Ian um, because Moss. it does talk about being on the plains in Narrabri. It does. It does. So here you go, Ian Moss, Tucker's Daughter. This is for Sandy. This is for everybody out there. And if you're coming through, I'll tell you, stop in at Narrabri because it is an outstanding place. So here we go, Tucker's Daughter, Ian Moss.
Uh, yeah, Scott Gibbons, hey, we are on the road, and that was a just terrific talking to Sandy, and she's at the Narrabri Tourist Office, and of course Ian Moss, Tucker's daughter, and, and that's a song where it mentions Narrabri, somewhere through there it mentions Narrabri, and that was why Sandy did it. Now, Graham Jones has come up, Graham Jones is from Off-Road Systems, you know all about Graham Jones, you listen to him because he's got some great words of wisdom to tell you, and then we're going to come back with more of the show, and it's just getting better and better and better, so this is On The Road, hey, it's Scott Gibbons, if you want to go to the website, it's On The Road Media. Dot com dot au, on the road media dot com dot au, or you can find us on Spotify, on the road on Spotify, and on the road Australia if you're going to Facebook, on the road Australia if you're going to Facebook. And we've just put uh, on the Facebook page, we've just put up some photos of uh, the latest trip that I just did, which was up through Narrabri and up through the back of Burke. So some of those are going on. I'll put some more on next week. Oh, it's good. It's good. You've got to get out. You've got to see this beautiful nation of ours. So in the meantime, here's Graham Jones. G'day, it's Scott Gibbons. We are on the road and I'm with Graeme Jones. Now, I've had so many people contact us and say how good were the interviews with Graeme Jones because he knows his stuff. He knows his stuff. Anything that you want to know about drawers or batteries or whatever it be, Graeme Jones is the man. So Off-Road Systems is an Australian company, an Australian manufacturer. Graeme actually designs the products, manufactures the products and he's out here in... Norellan Stroke Smeaton Grange in New South Wales, but he sells these products all the way around Australia. So if you've got a four-wheel drive or a ute or whatever you want and you need a draw system, then Graham Jones is the man and it's offroadsystems.com.au. So what's happening with the marketplace, Graham? Oh, well, Scott, the, uh, the market's obviously being affected by our current um, protracted situation with COVID, but... You know, I think um, people are now realising that uh, this is not going to go away in five minutes. That we've got uh, we've got to look forward to what we're going to be doing in the ne- in the new year and years to come. And we're definitely seeing a trend towards people um, uh, resigned to the fact that uh, travelling Australia might be a better option than travelling overseas. So you you were telling me that you've now got people quite a number of people coming in and, and buying your draw systems because they're using the money that was for overseas travel. Exactly that. And, um, you know, we've heard the story quite a few times. And I have to say the, um, the interest has lifted over the last, the last couple of months particularly, and we are now hearing that same, that same story repeated, that um, money that they had reserved for holidaying overseas, they realise is uh, not going to work. So they're now outfitting their vehicles and getting ready for the gates to open so that they can travel around Australia. And and uh, it's just a different mindset. Um, you know, Australia's obviously uh, a very clean country and, and reasonably safe. So uh, that makes, makes a lot of sense to put your efforts into having a bit of a look around your own backyard. Absolutely. So... What people are doing is instead of going to New Zealand or America or England or whatever, they're now happy to do the four-wheel drive, do their ute back, whatever it be, and go out and see. And if they're going to do that, then they do need your draw system, don't they? Well, they need to do something. They need to set themselves up uh, to make their travelling a bit more comfortable. Um, You know, whether they're going to be um, sticking to the coast or whether they really want to have a bit of a look around and uh, head inland a bit, they need to need to gear themselves up so that uh, they're a little bit self-contained. 
Uh, I don't know how how things are going to uh, move in the future, but I would imagine that um, if the uh, if the the way keeps going the way it has been, that um, there's going to be limited availability up and down the coast. I think that's going probably going to be. Um, uh, hmm, so they need probably. to be more aware to be self-sufficient? Yeah, exactly. And I if know. you're going to be self-sufficient, you've got stainless steel water tanks, you've got cargo barriers already designed and, and in stock, and you've got fridge slides, so everything's ready for them to go and, and be more self-sufficient on the exactly. road. Exactly, all of and, that And stuff. you've also got, I'm looking over here now, you've got lithium batteries as well? Well, yeah, look, you know, being able to take all the... Um, you know, a higher degree of comfort with you and having the power now with the new technology of lithium batteries and, and the power management systems that, that are available, uh, the increased technology in battery charging, uh, solar power, you can really be, you can go anywhere you like now and be self-sufficient. Uh, it's just have a matter of, of having someone set you up properly to start with. All right. and, uh, and that's what we do. And that's what we're doing all the time. Well, there you go. So if you want to find out more, then all you've got to do is give Graham Jones a call and he's at Off-Road Systems. Now, I'll give you the phone number. It's 02. Oh, you'd give it, Graham. <laughs> yeah, 02-4647-6322. Uh, there you go, 02 and if you want to find out more, you just go on to offroadsystems.com.au. That's offroadsystems.com.au. Hey, it's Scott Gibbons. We're on the road, and by golly, it's good being on the road with you. Ah, oh, Graham Jones, thanks for that. Now, the five dangers of nighttime towing. So according to, without a hitch, animals come in at number one because people usually go in at night and the animals, they come out and they're often pretty careless when they're crossing the road. So the hours before sunset as the heat goes out of the sun and, and the first couple of hours after dawn when the overnight dew promotes new growth and makes things tastier, they're the worst times for road strikes. So the roadside grass is then tastier as it is when the water runoff results in the greatest new growth. But the middle of the night also holds dangerous because in some country areas in winter, cows like to sleep on the bitumen because it retains the heat. It's warm. So the only way you can see those dark animals on a dark surface is if they maybe open their eyes and your lights reflect off their retinas. So that's pretty big time, eh? Now, perspective is another thing because at night it's considerably more difficult for the human eye to judge dis distances. So the best advice is, is to err on the side of caution. Make sure there isn't uh, a dip in the road concealing another oncoming vehicle before you pull out and overtake and, and give that vehicle that you're about to pass plenty of warning, plenty of warning with a longer than usual cycle of your indicators before you pull out onto the other side of the road because... Uh, then you've got to be extra careful when cutting back in because your eyes, your eyes can trick you. It can also be hard to tell how far away an oncoming vehicle is, especially on a straight, flat road. So that's something to be really aware of. Fatigue's another thing because there's fatigue, which is maintaining concentration. That's a big danger unless you're fit and you're trained in that art. So double rally world champion Walter Rory uh, well, he reckons it was a key factor behind his two world titles in the 1970s at a time when fitness and motorsport were relative strangers. <laughs> That's pretty true. I saw some racing drivers doing some strange stuff. So he said many of his rivals, 
they lost focus after three or four days of a five-day event and they crashed. So he checked the statistics for an amateur tarmac rally like the five-day target Tasmania and you'll see that the more accidents usually occur on day four than any other. So if you're not doing it regularly like a, an interstate truckie, then the long hours of night driving are the same. So by defying your body clock, you're calling on reserves of skill and concentration and most of us amateurs simply just don't possess those skills. So that's something to be aware of. You've got to train yourself if you're going to be continually doing nighttime driving. And then there's the experience, because many drivers simply don't have enough experience at the wheel of a large and unfamiliar rig, because you know, you're not towing your caravan or your trailer every day of the week necessarily, like it might be you know, you're doing it two, three, four, five, six weeks a year, and that's about it. So there's enough horror stories going around about inexperienced drivers misjudging overtaking and braking or panicking when they get a bit of wind buffeting from a passing B-double to to support that. So uh, by its very nature, caravanning involves lengthy trips over often unfamiliar roads and a range of weather conditions at the wheel of something a lot larger than you drive every day. So yeah, you're not just driving your caravan down to shops, are you? So the only way to get better at it is to practice. And the best time to practice is when you're on holiday. So midnight uh, down the Bulleye Pass uh, in driving sleep, <laughs> that's not a good place to start. That's not a good place to start. But there are some great straight and lonely back roads to practice on if you're traveling inland in good weather and daylight. And the latest technical aids like um, you know ESC, electronic stability control, which is fitted to, the mid or to a whole bunch of new caravans these days, that can be a real asset for you in circumstances and and can instill confidence in many many drivers and then you've got lack of stimulation because without being to, uh, able to observe changing landscapes and interesting details of towns you pass through out of the car window it can be easy for you to lose your concentration and and maybe start to drift off so you've got to be aware so late night talk back radio or chatting with your partner can help but the first is not usually very stimulating, otherwise the DJ would have a higher profile type slot, I reckon. <laughs> and passengers may well be asleep anyway. So singing out, uh, you can't do that. You can't necessarily sing out if you're going to wake everybody else up, and, and especially if it's just you. So carry uh, some audio books to play. You, you might want to do that. Uh, put them into your, into your cassette player, into your sound system, into your uh, CD player, into your iPod, what are you playing with? And then podcast series, if you want to, hey, you can play this show because we're on podcast. Just go on to Spotify, go on to On The Road, and you will be fine. But the other thing to do is to make sure that you have regular breaks, you know, so there's nothing better than pulling in, having a nap. Having a nap, recharging, have a cup of coffee if you want to, but recharge, do all the things, and then get back out there so that you're fit. Because if you start to drift, I'm telling you, if your eyes start to drift that one little... Well, they call it a micro, a nanosecond. That can be danger, danger, Will Robinson. So, hey, we don't want to do that. Hey, this is Scott Gibbons. We're on the road. Jeez, being good on the road with you. And this is Father's Day week. How good's that? Father's Day week. If you've got a dad, and we all had one at some time or another. I don't have mine with me anymore. But if you've got a dad, give him a hug. Give him a hug and let him know you love him. Because by golly, they're special people. They're special. But you're special but they're special because without them, hey, you wouldn't be here. So <laughs> you got to love them. you got to love them. All righty. Hey, you can't talk about driving at night without listening to Slim Dusty Lights on the Hill. You haven't heard that for a while? Well, you're about to hear it now. Slim Dusty Lights on the Hill. you got to love it. Get ready. Oh, yeah. 
straight road and the engine is deep I can't help thinking of a good night's sleep And the long, long roads of my life are a-calling me These rough old hands are a-glued to the wheel My eyes full of sand from the way they feel And the lights coming over the hill are a-blinding me It's a long, tough haul from away down south A man's gotta find a little bread for his mouth And a home for a girl as sweet as my honey can be So it's down through the gears she's a-starting to pull The gauge on the tank is a-showing near full And the lights coming over the hill are a-blinding me There's rain on the road I can feel the load start a-shifting in a dance Too late I see the post and I haven't got a ghost of a chance Oh no The windscreen wipers are a-beating in time The song they sing is a part of my mind And I can't believe it's really happening to me Oh but I'm over the edge and down the mountainside I know they'll tell about the night I died in the rain When the lights on the hill were a-blinding me G'day, it's Scott Gibbons and we are on the road. I'm telling you, we are having so much fun and today I've popped in to see Polaris GPS at their brand new workshop, brand new offices here in Seven Hills in Sydney, New South Wales and by golly, what a wonderful, wonderful establishment this is. And they've got so many things. Now the person I'm with right now is Angie Thorpe and Angie... They tell me that things are just going crackers here at the moment. People are buying. You've got the the COVID thing happening where people are just buying everything. What's the big thing they're buying right now? Definitely the in-dash units. The in-dash units. Now, what what does an in-dash unit do? Replace your existing radio and it gives you radio feature, uh, USB, CD, DVD, Bluetooth, GPS and reverse camera. Wow. All of that? All of that. And how much space does that take up? Just where your original radio was. Where the radio was and you get all of those extra features. Mm -hmm. That's phenomenal. Now, who installs them? Are they difficult to install? 
No, you can do it yourself um, or any auto electrician can or you can come to us in Seven Hills to do it for you. So if the people are in, in the Sydney area, then they'd just come in here and they would do that by just booking in and you can install it for them for some sort of fee? We can Monday to Friday. That's excellent. Now, the GPS, when you say the, the GPS, which particular plan do you use? Because there's TomTom and there's HEMA and what, what have you got? We have TomTom for the street, which is Australia-wide, or you can get the HEMA off-road mapping, which is also Australia-wide. If you don't like either of those options, you can use Google Maps and use it through CarPlay. So CarPlay, that's something new. Tell me about CarPlay. Uh, so CarPlay is if you're a, an Apple or Android user, uh, plug your phone into the USB or no, we have wireless versions now. Oh, really? Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. So just um, you plug our USB dongle in into a USB socket in the head unit um, and then you can just control it all off the screen. It mirrors the apps that are approved onto the screen and then you can use Google Maps, use Apple Maps, whatever you prefer. Oh, that's outstanding. Now, what's one of the other things that, that I've seen being installed today, which I thought was pretty impressive, is a reversing camera on a caravan. So tell me about the reversing cameras because I, I watched them install it and then I, I went for a drive and used it and I thought, by golly, this is, this is something excellent. So how many people are getting those? I, I would think everybody would want one. Yeah, yeah, a lot of people get them if, if their caravan doesn't already come with a camera, which we can also graft into if they do. Um, but we have single view cameras that can go on vans or double view cameras that can go on vans and they're on all the time. So you can see everything while you're driving along. So while you're booting up the highway, you can see who's behind you so that if you're blocking traffic, you know you're blocking traffic and you can pull in, let some go by. That's a lovely thing to do. Exactly. Yeah, the other thing I saw, and I watched them install this today, is you put another camera on the back. So it's a reversing camera for the tow vehicle. So when you're hitching up, it just makes it so easy. You can see exactly where you're hitching up. Tell us about that one. Yes, yeah, so that usually goes up near the number plate, um, points down at your tow ball, and you can hitch up really easily, stops any arguments between the husband and wife. Oh, I would reckon, I would reckon that would be, oh yeah. That's got to be a present. You don't have to wait till Father's Day, Mother's Day, Christmas. Just get yourself one of those any time of the day. Yeah. Well, you are just terrific. I reckon the things that you've got here. So if people want to find Polaris GPS, what's the best phone number for them to ring you on? I call us on 1300 555 And the best website if they wanted to send you an email or a, what's the email address? Uh, our email is sales at polarisgps.com.au. Sales at polarisgps.com.au, which means that your website is polarisgps.com.au. You got it. Oh, you're fabulous. <laughs> now, why don't we get you a song? Because you've been so excellent. Who would you like to hear something from, Ange? Uh, it would have to be ACDC. Oh, alrighty. And which one are you picking there? Play us some um, Long Way to the Top. Oh, my God. That, that <laughs> is a good one. Oh, you know your music. All right, Ange, here it comes for you right now. Long way to the top. Say thanks to Ange because she is so good. I reckon we might get you back again. What do you reckon? Oh, if you... I reckon we should. Yeah, All righty. Hey, it's lucky. Scott Gibbons. We are on the road and I hope we're lucky because I'd love to have it back again. But in the meantime, here's ACDC, Long Way to the Top.
Oh, your house setting. So Kippenduff, K-I-P-P-E-N-D-U-F-F for Freddie. It's in New South Wales. And they want a farm sitter, if you will, in Kippenduff. Or Kippenduff. Uh, it's halfway between Grafton and Casino. So that makes it a lot easier, doesn't it? Halfway between Grafton and Casino. Now, approximately from the 8th of October till the 10th of November 2020, give or take a few days, uh, they'd prefer... Uh, contact uh, or an email address or something like that because they're caring for their invalid 94-year-old mother. No, they're not leaving her behind. <laughs> they're not taking her with her. But due to COVID, they had a confirmed house sitter and, and because of the border closure, that house sitter had to pull out. So they're seeking a couple. They want a couple uh, who are currently in New South Wales. They don't have to cross any borders. And you get to farm sit. You get to feed the dogs, the chooks, maybe some cows, depending upon the grazing grass. They're very quiet. They're very friendly. You've got 320 acres to play with. You've got 26 acres on the house side, and the rest is over the road. Now, they're totally off-grid with, with solar power. They've got solar power, plenty of power. They've got backup systems in place. They've got tank water. They've got plenty of water. You've got a four-bedroom house. They've got three toilets. They've got two showers. They've got natural slate floors throughout, so there's no carpets to vacuum. You've got a large pizza oven, which is used for all the baking. They've got a two-burner gas stove. They've got a grill plate. They've got a microwave. They've got an open fireplace. They've got internet with Wi-Fi, satellite, TV, landline. There's no mobile coverage. No mobile coverage. You're about 50K out of town, which is about a 45-minute drive. Uh, there's a dirt road for the last five and a half kilometres. It's a nice flat access for any size vehicle. If you're looking for a quiet place to hibernate, oh, this could be just for you. Very low maintenance. There's a little pool. It's, <laughs> they call it a lobster tank. It's very low maintenance. You just scoop the leaves out before you cool down. So that's nice. You, you, they'd prefer you to have your own rig so you can use your own facilities. Uh, and easy access because they've had semi-trailers and buses through the gate. So it's a very unique, a very quiet property. You can relax, you can recharge for your next trip, but they'd prefer a couple. So get your pencil out, get your pencil out. So it's Janice E-H. So it's J-A-N-I-C-E-E-H. So J-A-N-I-C-E-E-H at antmail, A-N-T mail, one word, dot com dot A-U. So Janice E-H. So there's two E's, J-A-N-I-C-E-E-H, at antmail.com.au. That was on Grey Name Match. That's terrific of them to do that for us. I think that's fabulous. Oh, you're going to have a good time. You're going to have a good time. So that's at Kippenduff. <laughs> now, without a hitch, uh, Max Taylor from there has done this little uh, list, if you will, of some of the nice things to take with you when you're caravanning, when you're camping, when you're going away. Some of the, some of the wants not the needs, and one of those, of course, is a barbecue. Uh, as he says, you can't rely on campgrounds always having a barbecue, and if they do, maybe they're not necessarily as clean as you want, So, and maybe they don't work as well as you want. Maybe they don't get hot enough to cook as you want. So as he says, the barbecue Weber, it's highly recommended, and not only does it work as a conventional barbecue, but you can use it as an oven. So you can cook roasts and scones and cakes and do all the things. A ground mat, oh, ground mat, for outside your caravan door or under the awning, that's really worth its weight in gold, he said. So a good camping mat will allow sand and dirt to sift through to the ground underneath it, preventing those same substances from coming up through it. Clever bit of equipment, that. Clever bit of equipment. A small piece of artificial grass for shorter overnight stays, that can be useful too. And 
you can, you can get, because they're cheap. You can just hose them off and they're nice and light and do all the things. Now, camera, you've got to take your camera with you. Most of us have got a smartphone nowadays, but if you want to really get involved with it, then, then get yourself a camera. I mean, I've, I've got a mate, Arthur, uh, Arthur Wong, and by golly, he will take photo upon photo upon photo of anything with wings. So if it's a bird, he's got it. So, But he doesn't use his iPhone. He uses, oh, some magic gear, magic gear. Uh, van levelers are another thing because not every campground's level and there's nothing worse, <laughs> as Max says, than sleeping in a van with a lean. So you're either rolling out on your side of the bed or pushing your partner off their side of the bed. So you're going to lie on top of the bunk, try to stay on top of the bed while, while sleeping together. But if you've got van levelers, nice and easy. That's a beautiful thing to have. And I think we've got an app coming up for you uh, for that pretty soon, maybe next week's show. So then you want a camp oven. A camp oven's a good thing to have. They're heavy, uh, but by God, if you if you like a stew or a damper cooked in a camp oven or your scones or whatever, there's no end to the recipes you can cook in a camp oven. And bearing in mind that it's doing it, you've got the fire, so you've got conversation, you maybe have a little drink with it as well, but your meals, oh, so wonderful. And then, of course, you need a good camp chair. Now, one of the things with camping is to spoil yourself because, you know, you're roughing it, but you're not going to rough it without the luxuries. Now, sometimes you can buy a camp chair for a few dollars and you think, oh, that'll do. Well, bear in mind, you're going to be sitting in it for hours and hours and hours. So there's nothing worse than sitting in a camp chair and feeling like it's going to fall over or it's too flimsy. So try out a range of chairs. Try them out. Ask other campers what their favourite chair is and, and make sure that you're then going to be a happy camper. Now, you've got to have a kettle. It doesn't matter what sort of camping you're doing. There's always a need for hot water. So you need a billy, an electric jug, a whistling kettle. They're all suitable. Uh, and if you're talking about tea and coffee, then don't forget to pack your tea and coffee. Because <laughs> a lot of people forget to pack it. And that can be a real problem when you're parked a long way from the shops. Here's something really essential, a first aid kit. Now, if you don't have a decent first aid kit, then you've got to get one. So it's something you can either buy or you can assemble it yourself, but you need to have it. So you've got to have from anything from the little bandage strips to bandages to saline solution, everything will come in handy. Uh, if you've got the bandages for snake bites, you need those. Some have got the rectangles that turn into squares so that you've got the correct compression. Carry one in the car, carry it when you go hiking. Now, I'll tell you who we met at a show when shows were on. Remember them? Remember when shows were on? Uh, and it's called the Survival First Aid Kits. Survivalfirstaidkits.net.au is their website. So survivalfirstaidkits.net.au. They're Australian-owned. Australian-owned. And when you go into the story of why they were created, oh, sad story. But beautiful people, because I've, I've met some of the family, are nice people. So survivalfirstaidkits.net.au. Now, the other thing you need, of course, is some tools because you need a toolkit. It doesn't need to be overly extensive, but make sure the tools that you take are the ones that are going to fit your equipment. Just don't go and buy a toolkit and then think, well, they're nice and shiny, they're lovely, I'll take them with me, nice little ride for them, uh, and then you find out that, no, they don't fit what you've got. <laughs> so make sure you do try them out first. Good hint, good hint. Uh, this one you've got to take with you. I always take mine with me. doesn't matter where I go, I've got this with me. And that's called your sense of humour because <laughs> it's important. If you don't have one, stay at home. <laughs> stay at home because you might as well. Oh, dear. Take your sense of humour. Have a laugh. You know, read up on some jokes. Do some funny things. Dress up. Do 
pretend you're on a variety adventure or, or a variety bash or whatever and dress up in some silly clothes. Do something wonderful. Make, make a memory or make it so that you're a memory. I don't know. That's the way to do it. But there's something for you, hey? There's something for you. Something else that you've got to do if you, if you want to. I think that's nice. That's a nice thing to do. So what about if, if we give you a little bit of music? I reckon a little bit of music might be good. I reckon a little bit of music might be good. Now, if you're going camping, if you're going camping, you might just find some poison ivy. If you're going to find some poison ivy, you might as well have that with Billy Thorpe, eh? Hey? What about a little bit of Billy Thorpe poison ivy? I think you'll enjoy that. I think you will. Hey, it's Scott Gibbons. This show is called On The Road. You can go on our website, On The Road Media. Dot com dot au on the road media m-e-d-i-a on the road media dot com dot au you can go on to spotify you can find us on there on the website we've got all the shows so everything's on there you've got all the shows there and you can also go onto our facebook page and that would be terrific too and that's called on the road australia so hey we're enjoying this this is a good show it's father's day week i hope you're enjoying it i'm, I'm loving it so here's a little bit of billy thought for you okay back with you in a minute she comes up like a rose Everybody knows She'll get you in dodge Well, you can look, but you better not Poison She's crazy She'll really do your win If you let her get under your skin Poison 
Oh, well, there we go. I think we're at the end of another show. That was Billy Thorpe. That was Poison Ivy. It's Father's Day week, so you enjoy that. I hope you get something great. I hope you give your dad something wonderful. If you are a dad, I hope you got something terrific as well. But in the meantime, hey, what about we make a date to see you again next week? So this is Scott Gibbons. The show's called On the Road, and I'll see you on the road. Don't back.